HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Cheese State University. Cheese State University was created for dedicated cheese professionals seeking to deepen their knowledge, sharpen their skills, and build connections. It feels like a gift to be able to give this gift to people because I know that from my own experiences, I know how valuable, consolidated, Mm -hmm. incredible training resources are. They offer an in-depth education on all things cheese, as well as an active network for peer support and career development. You can pop over to the Quad, which is our social networking and engagement app. Um, And so that's a really fun and dynamic aspect of Cheese State University. Cheese State's three-part course is designed for seasoned pros and entry-level mongers alike and covers all the skills one needs to perform on the cheese counter. The structure of Cheese State University is all based on the Cheese State University Field Guide. Um, And that is a three-volume resource. It's all digital online. At the end of the course, students will be ready to ace the field guide assessment and earn their Cheese State Scholar Certificate. Another resource is a video series where we tackle sort of like these thornier questions that you can get on the cheese counter, like, what is rennet? And like, why is this cheese so expensive? And can pregnant people even eat cheese? At Cheese State, you're among experts, you're among scholars, you're among cheese lovers, and most importantly, you are a monger. Join them in the Ivy League of Cheese Education at CheeseStateUniversity.com. I'm Lou Bang. I'm Chapati One. This is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Greek ex-bartenders understand Agave, Agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today we're talking about the most entertaining possible thing we could even think of. Oh boy. Are we talking about uh, about sideshows? What? Circus sideshows? Circus. I, I, I understood nachos and I was, that's actually a pretty good one. We need to make an circus, episode about circus nachos. We should do circus nachos. Yeah, I'm, I'll get. But behind we're not that. talking about circus nachos this episode, Chavo. What uh, are we talking about? We are talking about that happy moment when you finally fall in love with a mescalero. You've been searching for that beautiful spirit for weeks and months and years, and you mm-hmm. finally commit. You say, "You, Mister Mescalero or Mescalera, you make this spirit that touches my heart 
I want to buy 100 liters, 200 liters, 1,000 liters, 3,000 liters from you, and I want to start my brand, or I want to continue my brand. And then you ask them, how should I pay you? Well, you should pay in uh, in puka beads and deer pelts, right? Honestly, I'm, I'm a huge fan of gold, but uh, lately gold <laughs> has not been the best currency around. Uh, yeah, land or gold, like I'm happy with both. But no, uh, usually yeah. it, it tends to be a rather convoluted, complicated... Oh. Uh, okay, so this, this, honestly, we have we have a gringo in the room. Shall you share your experience, please? I want to I, I want to yeah, yeah. hear the agony. Yeah, I mean, you you got to live through this with me. You're still living through it with me, right? Like trying to send money from the USA to Mexico. I literally they so doing this for sacred, right? For the projects um, uh, that we fund down in Michoacan, Jalisco, Oaxaca, trying to send the money down literally caused our account to be frozen because the treasury department thought we might be paying we might be paying people connected to the cartel and it and i would argue the reason for it is and i you know you you don't ever know because they never come back to you and explain it's just suddenly your account's unfrozen but i would argue it's because so many people are so weird about their bank accounts or don't even have bank accounts that you have to send stuff down in such piecemeal ways Well, and I guess maybe here uh, we can explore some of those ways. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, you know, like I've, I, I've, been, I, I've been buying stuff from Escaleros and Archisons in general for years. And sure. a bunch of them, they don't have bank accounts, not because they don't know how to get one. I mean, given yeah. there are some people that live far away from a bank, but yeah. they are terrified about Mexican accounting. Because even for, I mean, I, I consider myself to be a fairly smart entity and I know how to do paperwork, but sure. Mexican accounting, it's the ultimate labyrinth. It's just insanely complicated. It changes every year. So, you know, like the way I was paying taxes until last year mm. changed 100% to this year. And not even my accountant can tell me how many taxes do I have to pay for 2023, wow. like 2022 oh. to this day. I thought, wow, that's so, to 2022, I thought that you guys just moved to like a flat 2% rate or something. That is the theory, but we don't, <laughs> no, no, really, like that's the that's the theory. The theory is uh, if you make less than a certain amount of money, you're just going to pay a two point, I believe, 2.5 percentage of your income. But that is the theory to this day. Well, like I still uh, don't know, I'm not 100% sure of that. But anyways, like I'm trying to explain this because I am paying for a professional to help me with this. And I still right. have uncertainty. So right, right, and try to find a professional accountant in the middle of like in the middle of rural Puebla. Who's your accountant? And that is specialized in the international sales of alcohol. So, so yeah. So in essence, what we're well, like, hang on, because in essence, I think what we're saying is. Whether you're talking about a mescalero or somebody who happens to farm corn or whatever, um, it's difficult to have a bank account because hey, I think this is what you're saying. Having a bank account means you're depositing money in a traceable means, which means the government's going to come knocking on your door and say, where's my share? And And so it's easier just to not have a bank account? Yeah, and that's why Western Union and all of those services, and I mean... That's that's one of the biggest loopholes of how money is sent from the U.S. to Mexico, and that's a huge part of our economy. It's all sort sent through cash. Of, 
sort of kind of like, but you're really talking person to person because you can't, as I found out the hard way, you can't uh, send money from a business to a person or even a business to a business uh, from the USA to Mexico using Western Union. Yes, correct. So this is person to person, which is yeah. uh, which is how a lot of that economy works, right? Your cousin, yeah, yeah, yeah. brother, husband is in the U.S. and they're yeah. sending you units of maybe a hundred, two hundred, thousand dollars. So nothing yeah. extravagant, but once you see the volume of that as a country, that that's pretty massive. But you know, so what we're talking about now, though, Chava, is just literally the, the headache of moving dollars to pesos from the USA to Mexico. But that I don't think is even necessarily the point that you want to get to in this episode. Well, no, what what it frustrates me is that, uh, I mean, NAFTA has had a bunch of terrible effects in the Mexican economy, but it allowed for many artisanal goods to be exempted from most of the taxes. I'm not a professional accountant myself, but <laughs> I, I know for sure that if you want to sell agave spirits in Mexico, you yeah. at least will be paying 53% of the special tax plus 16% of just the normal tax that we pay. So you're paying a and, lot. and plus income tax, like you're paying like somewhere between 69% and 75% of the value of your bottle to be able to sell in Mexico. And isn't it even worse for wine? For some no, reason? no, no. Low, lower ABB, it's uh, less taxes. So oh, it is less you're, taxes. you're being taxed depending on, on the ABB. Um, it's just that Mexican wine costs so much just because of the standard taxes in Mexico. Yes. And what is crazy to me is that because a lot of these mezcaleros have lived, uh, understand their craft to almost be criminalized. I mean, we know all these stories of the army or the police in the last decades going to some of these palenques or vinatas and tabernas and destroying their equipment because they were producing alcohol illegally. They are not happy to believe that leaving any paper trace is the right thing to do, even if by exporting they will be paying, a, I wouldn't use the word negligible, but a, like a significant smaller amount of taxes than if they were selling nationally. And so, so in essence, what you're saying is it's almost less expensive for them to export. Oh, it is significantly less expensive. Like, like huh. by, by, I mean, I, I think that in the end, again, like once you add the bottle, the label, everything, I will say that just taxes double the price of your bottle in Mexico. Whereas if you sell wow. it to the U.S. brand, you're maybe, maybe, maybe like, again, not a professional, but I'm. 100% sure you're paying less than 10%, maybe less than 5%. Wait, is it maybe you're 100% sure? Which one is it? Maybe 100% sure. <laughs> Possibly maybe in terms of Bjork. That's funny. But but you're saying, in essence, I think, that the, the mescaleros don't understand this and they get uh, all caught up in what they think the reality is, which honestly kind of reminds me of the conversations you and I have had with numerous mescaleros around rural Mexico uh, who think that in order to export, they have to certify their agave spirit as mezcal. And not only that, I was having a few conversations with uh, other producers that are very happy that certain areas are given uh, a nom, even if they're not going to use it, because that just gives them legitimacy in front of the authorities. So I'm not making huh. some illegal alcohol. I'm making something that is part of the heritage of Mexico and it's documented under the denomination of origin. Huh. 
Interesting. Okay. So is that the point you wanted to make? Well, not necessarily. Uh, yes, but <laughs> I think that that there's different ways to do this. Again, like you have the Western Union sending cash. Then yeah. the other approach is to try to find a way in which uh, you hire an, an accountant for your mescalero and, uh, and that they are able to do the whole paperwork for you the proper way. And I see that to be... Ex- to be extremely daunting, both for mezcaleros and and brand owners uh, in general in Mexico, and I like I will be extremely excited if someone was able to put a program out there that could support both brand owners and mezcaleros in order to to do this the, the right way. Oh, huh. I wow. Okay, that's not where I thought you were going with this. I thought we were going to talk about what is it. I thought the point you wanted to make is what what is the right amount of money to pay to a mescalero vinatero? Oh, I, like I, I think we've discussed this, that a few times here specifically. I'm just I'm just thinking, or I'm just trying to to talk about the ways because, as you say, it's a huge headache, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're talking about like tax systems of two different countries, and you're talking about mentalities of. Most of the brand owners that I know in the U.S. are city kids because that's where Mezcal is big, right? They're at Chicago, San Francisco, L.A. They're like the cool kids of the big cities. Uh, I rarely find someone from Mas- like I don't know which uh, North Dakota uh, trying to start uh, a Mezcal. Are you going to say Massachusetts? Because I know a lot of people who would yell at you. Yeah, I know, I know. I have no idea what rural America is, honestly. <laughs> like for me, rural America is just anywhere where they appreciate a good Waffle House. Um, <laughs> That, that's my only understanding of, of rural America. So it's also that you're talking about completely different mentalities of how money moves, you know, like sure. the, the brand owners and, and, and the people down here. And uh, yeah, like, did you have any like pro tips or any suggestions of like how to possibly <laughs> do this? Because honestly, don't, I, don't well, is my, <laughs> just don't, just don't. Don't send money to Mexico? Are you crazy? Don't send money to Mexico. Come, Go down with cash in your pocket, buy it, and bring it back, and uh, yeah, don't ever start a brand Yeah, but that's not a legitimate operation for a brand. I didn't say legitimate operation. I said, I said just don't do it. It's so hard to figure out. Oh, man. Come on. You know, even a number of, uh, of our friends have opened bank accounts in Mexico in order to try to, uh, to mitigate some of those headaches. And it certainly makes it easier to pay on that side. But then, you know, in essence, you've created an additional headache for yourself in doing the taxes uh, for now what are, what's, a, what's two companies instead of just one company. I, I disagree with this. Like, I think that it will be as easy as just because, I mean, Mexico is one of the biggest exporters in the planet of a bunch of stuff. I, like, sure. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, I mean, we receive billions. You talk of, about beer? Well, exactly. Beer, yeah. avocado. Like yeah, we have, you got multinational beer companies who then set tequila, up the kid, Mexican tequila. version. There's six, six, six million you liters. Te- you think that tequila is exporting more than beer? Oh, no, no, no. By value, maybe. Uh, 
That that's actually beer. I mean, beer beer definitely beats tequila for exports from Mexico. Oh, well, absolutely. But I'm just saying, 600 million liters and plus of tequila that are being sold and they're being paid for in Mexican soil. So, I'm, yeah. like, if they can do that, I don't think this is an impossibility whatsoever. Oh, I didn't. Clearly, it's not an impossibility. It's just a huge freaking headache. And I think it's honestly, I think it's one of the barriers to entering the market because these companies who are doing it. You know, I just had a call with uh, one of our funders that is a multinational liquor company, right? And they're trying to make a donation uh, for a university in Jalisco, mm. and they couldn't figure out how to do that donation from um, from their Mexican, and it's a, it's a huge liquor company, and they couldn't figure out how to make the donation from their Mexican branch to the university, and they asked if we could do it. And, you know, and so we'll, we'll find a way to do it and it's going to cause a headache. And maybe, you know, as, as we've seen in the past, it ends up also um, uh, uh, causing the Treasury Department to scratch their heads about what we're doing. But even these multinational liquor companies who do set up their Mexican branches, even they have headaches with well, this. And, and you know what, what, why this unnerves me in so many ways? I think that, you know, like larger operations are always very well optimized. So everybody knows how to do things in those operations. And I think that even if, uh, you know, the small producers, they are a better, they're the, the guys that hold the heritage of this country and they are by volume the 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 guys that are the most families that have the more the most impact in agriculture the guys that are responsible of the most biodiversity of Mexico these tiny things these super silly things that shouldn't be a huge bottleneck they prevent them to to grow as they should and, and it just like it, it really <laughs> makes me angry like it just it's it's you're starting to feel very libertarian to me like I, I and i and i get that i get that it's frustrating to me constantly that what we're trying to do with sacred i mean you know i don't get paid any money to run sacred and all i'm trying to do is help get money to rural mexico in order to support the um the 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 sustaining of their practices cultural or agricultural whatever you want to call it um and there's this huge impediment, and it's just literally moving resources around, moving moving money around. So I think my 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 conclusion will be, and because I, I will definitely love a a second part of this episode, which is best practices. So if anybody hearing this has found a way that worked for them, and they were able, again, like I'm not by any ways like trying to say like, oh, do like the smart kid way in order not to pay taxes. My question is, like, how can you do this with the utmost legality where you're paying the first share of taxes to every party, both the Mexican and the gringo side, and you found a system that that doesn't make any, anybody nervous? And I think if somebody was able to share that, it will be of great, great, great use for a bunch of the small brand owners that, that are, like, trying to figure this out. Sure, it's funny. I've had a number of small brand owners ask me what system I use, and one of the one of the ways that um, that I've suggested uh, that's helped some of our friends is using Wise dot com. 
Um, but even using wise.com, I find to be a headache. So I like you have to upload money from your bank account and it has to be the right time. And it's, and it sometimes gets kicked back and then it changes the amount of money that comes back and it's, ah, ah, and it takes an additional week or two to do super headache. Every, every single way that either I've shared with my friends or they've shared with me ends up creating a headache of one kind or another. Really? Just, I mean, what, I, what headache I, do you want? What I, I, I you just want? I just got deposited for through Wise and pretty pretty painless. You you received it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- when I send it, it's painless to the person who receives it. It's painful to me, and it doesn't always work. You know, you and I have uh, I've sent money down to you plenty of times, right? And. Most of the time, it works just fine, and yeah, then every once in a while, there's a hitch that, right, that causes a huge headache. That's the problem. It's not consistent. It's well, not anyways, consistent. I would love to hear from if anybody hears this. <laughs> I would love to hear from you guys. And yeah, I guess that's my conclusion. <laughs> okay, I'll catch you next episode, Java. See you, kiddo. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.